I want to thank you all for being early listeners to the podcast. And I feel like I'm entering a new chapter now that I've gone through all of the old episodes that I have recorded and all the episodes are going to be fresh from here on out. Um, I want to let you guys know a little bit about my plans for the podcast and what's coming in the future. Um, I feel like I'm still practicing right now and I'm just still getting used to my equipment even and getting used to doing this. But at a certain point, I'd like to get some well, more well-known names and guests on different other psychonauts and well-known speakers and people who are pioneering in their field. And I feel like I'm just kind of getting this thing going and establishing, you know, getting some episodes under my belt and also improving my skill. And then at a certain point, I'm going to reach out to more well-known people and conduct some cool interviews. But for now, I'm having having fun interviewing my friends and just hearing people's cool stories. At some point, I'd like to start live streaming as well. And I'm looking at the platform Twitch to be my host for that. Twitch is a live streaming platform, mostly around video games. That's how it started, but it's now expanding into including all other kinds of mediums. And I think Twitch is going to be the next best thing, next big thing. So I want to get on there and especially while I travel around Asia and walk around Tokyo and Taipei, uh, I'd love to be live streaming that. So you guys can just tune in with me and you can chat to me and I'll see it and answer you live and we can walk around foreign cities together. So that sounds fun. And so this episode uh, is about Burning Man. And the Burning Man Festival just was last week and concluded um, last Sunday or Monday. And so I had in a good friend of mine, my friend Benjamin, who I've known for 16 years, and his cousin Simon from England to talk about their experiences at Burning Man and uh, also just about the transformational festival scene Many of these other festivals have sprouted off of Burning Man or Burning Man culture. And so that's been a big part of my life and part of my growth. And a lot of my friends, a lot of my friends I've met at Burning Man or through other festivals. And it's definitely a, a hub and a meeting point for spiritual seekers or people who are interested in plant medicine or alternative lifestyle it's kind of a big freak party. So, um, I've had a lot of fun going to those festivals and experienced a lot of growth there too. So with that, here is Benjamin and Simon. festival was last week and so this seems like a good time to do an episode about Burning Man and the transformational festival scene here on the west coast of the United States mm. and thank you gentlemen for joining me today I'm mm -hmm. here with Benjamin and Simon 
Hello. AKA Grasshopper. Yeah. Got new names and being out here. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to hear the origin of that, but first let's lay out what is Burning Man. I'm sure a lot of people know about Burning Man. Um, people may have been or may not, not have been. I think Burning Man and the sort of psychedelic or consciousness expansion community often go hand in hand. But for those who don't know, Burning Man is a weekly festival that's held in the desert, the Black Rock Desert in the state of Nevada. And one week. One week. Per year. One week per year, right. <laughs> for some. Yeah, yeah. And um, the Black Rock Desert is desolate. There's nothing that grows there. There's no life there. There's no, there's barely even any insects at all. And it's very dry and inhospitable. And every year, about what, 50,000 or is it more now? I think it's closer to 70 at this point. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it keeps growing and growing. So around 70,000 people come from all over the world and build a city, a makeshift city mm -hmm. in this desert. And um, the city itself you can look up satellite images of it. It's geometric. It's sort of circular um, with one sort of pie slice missing, which within the pie slice of the circle, there's tons of art projects, like huge ones that people build. And most of the Burning Man experience, all of the, all of the art and all of the various experiences that people create for others to enjoy all of it, almost all of it is generated by the participants. So there are people who've been going to Burning Man for years and they'll work year long or keep building on their projects from previous years mm -hmm. with um, all their personal expense put into it, all their time into it. And it's not for profit. It's just for bringing this experience out to Burning Man or the playa as the land out there is called mm -hmm. and it's really a one-of-a-kind festival in the world um, and there's a whole culture there of openness and exploration and it really encourages people I think to go for it and just to let loose and and it's a safe place to explore oneself and um there's so many funky cool people out there just like being radically free mm -hmm. and doing their thing and it's it's helpful for like stepping out of one's own box and one's own bubble and just um getting into the spirit of things so mm -hmm. uh so you gentlemen were just there last week mm -hmm. and simon it was your first time right my first burn yeah your first burn and how many for you Ben? i think this was my fifth your fifth and it's yeah. been about a five year uh gap since right the last time i was there yeah mm -hmm. and so simon is your cousin from the united mm -hmm. kingdom that's mm -hmm. right and he's been visiting for six weeks now just around about. about yeah and is this your first time to the united states yeah it's my first time traveling outside of europe uh-huh 
and uh yeah so my first time here i've not seen benjamin since i was a little baby and mm-hmm. here we are yeah it's going to burn him man <laughs> yeah. since you're a little boy looking up at me benjamin benjamin <laughs> can, can we go play <laughs> <laughs> so did you come out here i mean obviously you you probably wanted to come out for burning man like was that the focal point of your trip or you were planning to come out anyway and it was like oh burning man's happening i should go yeah it was more like i came out here just to reconnect with the family and see everyone and then we kind of just accidentally ended up going to burning man mm-hmm. um it kind of everything just fell into place mm-hmm. um but no seeing benjamin and my aunt and things like that was the main focal point mm-hmm. and then it kind of just evolved yeah. like, into burning man and we went to beloved as well mm-hmm. up in oregon yeah mm-hmm. and that was beautiful um and we actually booked to go to beloved because we weren't intending on going to burning man mm-hmm. it was kind of like instead of mm-hmm. and it was just a roller coaster that ended up in us going um it's just crazy really mm-hmm. <laughs> and so these I'm not sure if you are familiar with the culture of these music festivals, but they're, it's hard to describe really what they are because you almost have to be there and experience. Like I could say it's a music festival. Yeah, there's music that happens there or it's an arts festival. There's art there. But to me, really, it's the culture and it's the type of people that are there just... Um, really kind of like open-hearted people or just emotionally open, um, uh, very accepting kind of culture and exploratory. Uh, a lot of people there are into personal growth and working on themselves and have been working on themselves a long time. There's a lot of <coughs> really interesting and mm-hmm. strong people who mm-hmm. they know themselves and they've done that work. Yeah. And it's just pretty incredible to go into a festival and party with a bunch of people like that just like really cool mm-hmm. like top tier people mm-hmm. um that you know they have the courage to step off of the well-trodden path and quit their nine to five jobs and and just it's it's hard to try and make your own way mm-hmm. doing your art or your passion and <coughs> And yeah, it takes a lot of strength and there's a learning curve there. Mm. And, um, but that process builds character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's cool to go to these festivals and get to know some new people and then maybe see them again Mm -hmm. at a later year and meet some more people. And Mm -hmm. there's this community built around these festivals. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. It's a whole subculture. Yeah. At the margins of the mainstream society. Right. Participating in the greater economic um, culture. Right. Um, and so. We live amongst them, but they know not of us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's becoming more and more prevalent and popular, uh-huh. um, the culture, because yeah. it breeds um, this uh, artistic um, and also uh, like a healthy um, kind of popularization of lifestyle like it's for coo- sure it's cool to do yoga it's cool to do meditation totally um it's cool to see the visionary artists and um i think people when they get a glimpse of it they 
um, get um, reminded of another possibility that's outside of the um, mainstream way to live your life. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, these festivals, a lot of people, you know, refer them for, refer to them as transformational festivals because you have this arc of transformation mm-hmm. over a period of three to four to five days. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a remembrance or a, an attempt to remember, I think, um, village and tribe. It's like this neo tribal Renaissance. Mm-hmm. You got all these, um, uh, custom made clothing that, mm-hmm. um, designers go to Bali or they go to India or they go to Thailand and, um, which is amazing cause it connects this economic, um, circuit, um, between people here in the U S who have these, um, ways that they want to, um, be entrepreneurs and then also get to travel the world and make connections with family, um, tailors. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine owns a company called Om Gayatri and I've worked for them for many festivals and they're really great clothing, uh, really for men and women, festival clothes, yoga clothes, just really comfortable fitting things, but they've made their life out of just going to these festivals. Mm-hmm. And then on the off times they go out to Bali and they've developed these really beautiful relationships with family, mm-hmm. um, people, um, people of the, that island and the country and have, um, a really good sense of um, morality, you know, in their business, because mm-hmm. so often business can go towards the cheapest um, route that kind of takes advantage of of people. Right. So um, I think there there is this um, inquiry as to how can we live our lives amazingly with joy and also responsibility, and that's not everybody, but there's if there's a, a a marker that's pointing towards like this retribalization of being connected to each other and to the experiences of uh, all kinds of shared experience and kind of collective experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there really is a, a global community. I mean, and there are festivals that happen all over the world, but Bali has um, the Bali spirit fest mm-hmm. festival. And yeah, there's ones that happen all over. Um, and I feel like the cert, there's a certain personality type this, yeah, the, the seeker or the alternative lifestyle person mm-hmm. and many of the, which I feel like those kind of people are generally in the vast minority of like a greater populace, but they seem to gravitate towards these festivals or these scenes and there is this kind of community of Mm -hmm. people from all over the world it's especially apparent in bali where Mm -hmm. yeah like i mean you'll just go to a party and there's like these cool like i mean i don't i i've never found a word for us like we're not hippies but that's probably like the most similar word for at least from the mainstream perspective, Mm -hmm. but there's no real label. It's just, I don't know. High tech, new age, hippie tribal. Yeah. Something, but it's definitely something that's (laughs) happening that doesn't quite have an an accurate label. Yeah. But full circle back to burning man. I feel like burning man is the ultimate festival that, um, really 
has this uh, trickle down effect to these other festivals Mm -hmm, definitely um and really draws people like you said from all over the world it is this insane uh, experience of absolute almost absolute freedom of expression Mm -hmm. and um yeah just to be out there on this vast desert from nothing to this 70,000 person city and as you're driving down the highways you can spot out car after car just mm-hmm. filled with um you, you know they're on the camp way to camp gear yeah, and bikes, just on, could, bikes yeah, on bikes, the racks yeah totally all kind like, of art cars like on the highway and then uh, you just drive by and you look at them and, and wave mm-hmm. at them and they're yeah. like yeah like yeah everyone's stoked yeah, yeah. it's just on this pilgrimage mm-hmm. really does feel like a pilgrimage mm-hmm. um yeah, festival culture has been a big part of my my growth, my life mm-hmm. over the in my twenties, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's definitely formulated many relationships, friendships, and um, and uh, and growth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, uh, my first festival was Burning Man mm-hmm. in two thousand eight, and I had never. I never even really knew about the scene and I didn't even know that much about Burning Man mm-hmm. uh, other than it sounded really cool. I kind of, I like to be surprised. Like for like, even if there's a really good movie, people are like, Oh, like this movie's good. I don't even want to know what it's about. I want to just walk in blind and mm-hmm. just experience it. And that's kind of how I did Burning Man. I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> and that was your first year as well. Mm-hmm. You know, 2008. And that, that was your first festival too, right? No, I'd been going to, I started out uh, going to the Sierra Nevada World Music Festival. Uh-huh. Um, a friend of mine in the college dorms that we went to college together, her name is Jen Smith. Her father was the main, is the main producer for that festival. Mm-hmm. So I started volunteering and it's like a big reggae world music festival. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, I went to that six years in a row um, mm-hmm. vol- volunteering. Mm-hmm. And um, from there it just expanded to earth dance was a really big one right that was pretty impactful because they um focused on a universal or synchronized prayer right piece and they would invite um and they had earth dance festivals all over the world yes simultaneously exactly and they they would link up they did an amazing job of organizing synchronized festivals that had this moment in time where they no matter where they were at what time it was in, synchronized to do this um, prayer for the earth mm-hmm. um, and it was led by uh, indigenous um, grandmothers of the 13 grandmother council or other indigenous um, native peoples were a part of that and it was really for me it made it so much more meaningful it made it feel like yes this is part of our purpose it's not just about like partying partying and having fun and um it was there was some there's teachings that were being offered Mm -hmm. and there was this sense of um being connected to a greater path of transformation for the planet Mm -hmm. and for culture and for people to wake up and we're still obviously on this um, journey of how can we uh how can we bring healing to to ourselves to our culture to our society and to the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a lot of these festivals too i feel like really offer the invitation 
for all the participants to go deeper, you mm-hmm. know, and to to share in maybe, yeah, like a shared prayer or shared intention or activity. But really, also, it's just the opportunity to, to go a little deeper and just to not get caught up in the, you know, the momentum of just going about aimlessly or partying. And I mean, partying is definitely part of these festivals. People celebrate and have yeah. a good time or imbibe mm-hmm. or whatever. But I feel like what sets Burning Man and other fest- transformational festivals apart from like more traditional festivals like Coachella or just like music festivals, mm-hmm. like there's that aspect of intention where. Mm-hmm you know it's like okay well we're all gathering here definitely to have a good time but what else what what other opportunities can we right can we have from this right you have um so many opportunities to learn from people who have developed a vast array of uh techniques of spiritual practices of um inquiring within meditation um, interpersonal skills and really asking really deep questions and Mm -hmm. so yeah people are out there at a party and then there's this whole culture of people who are creating these spaces for to easily walk into and not even intend to walk into a space but then all of a sudden they're they're listening to someone speak about something really deep and important and Mm -hmm. um they stop to listen and they could just be there for the party but all of a sudden they find themselves hearing something that's actually impactful and Mm -hmm. could trigger a whole shift in their life Mm -hmm. and that's the big difference between just um, a music festival where you're there for enjoyment and imbibement which is beautiful sure um to almost like this living university it's kind of this culture of learning and growing and unpacking and unfolding these you know these parts of ourself that that want to be exposed want to be healed want to understand sharing information just a lot of sharing of information yeah and it gives you the opportunity to have an experience that will change you like you can leave a different person or yeah with different things to think about or love to hear from simon like totally yeah Yeah, Yeah. an example of that well that's the beautiful thing about burning man is that although it's a one major event of the year is that you're encouraged from what you've learned to take that into the real world and that in that way it's a year-round kind of festival in in what you carry in yourself so i went to these amazing workshops and heard all these amazing people talk about their lives and different stories and and they were just like this is uh, you can transfer this into your life and carry it with you um i went to this one workshop about uh, perspective and about how um i'm really racking my brain now um mm-hmm. about how all the choices that we've made have led us to be where we are at the moment so and he was like everything that you've ever decided has led you to sit in this workshop and I was like wow I've never thought of that before mm-hmm. and that's something that I can I can take with me and reflect on anytime so I could be on the bus or the train or just walking around and I can 
carry that bit of Burning Man with me. Mm-hmm. So you've got that party side of Burning Man, but you've also got that really spiritual side as well that you can really absorb and share with others, mm-hmm. um, which without even knowing, I've just done now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and that's one thing that I found. Um, I've been to a lot of festivals in my time. Mm-hmm. I I say that as if I'm like really, really old and experienced, but I've been going to festivals for a long, long time. And that's one distinct aspect of this festival that I've really found about how you're in you're encouraged to you're not in like this bubble of a festival you can be who you are Mm -hmm. anywhere you are it -hmm. doesn't have to be in that in that certain space Mm -hmm. which i thought was so transformative and Mm -hmm. it's a really nice aspect of it as well Mm -hmm. and i like that burning man is a full week rather than just a weekend Mm -hmm. and I, i i feel like i like to go on the first day like not everyone goes for the entire week. Some people show up later in the week or even just the weekend warriors as we call them. Um, but I like to go in the beginning of the week because the energy builds and I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that come on the first day, but it definitely gets busier and busier and busier throughout the week. And Mm -hmm. I like to have those first few days to just settle in and, yeah, just like settle into the land and the climate and the heat and the dust, but also just settle into myself. And I find that there's there's layers of depth to drop into. And I like to have those first few days, which tend to be quieter. It starts on Monday. So like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they build over those days, but they're quieter. Mm-hmm. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday is that definitely the peak. And then this year, Wednesday night was the big night for a lot of people. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I imagine I'm. I haven't been since 2013, and yeah, um, I imagine that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to hear how it's changed. What you thought? Well, I got I got there Tuesday morning, mm-hmm. so we left on Monday. No queue either. We could just go straight in, mm-hmm. um, which was just so. <laughs> such a relief yeah um sometimes you have to wait like eight hours or so yeah like we were going through and the people i was traveling with they were like yeah the queue usually starts here Uh and then we just went down this road and it went on and on and on and yeah we were really fortunate we could just drive through so we timed that perfectly Mm -hmm. um but you definitely have that moment that adjustment period until yeah a couple of days midweek where you're like I'm in the desert and it kind of just hits and you're like in this amazing space. It does take a while to adjust, but once you've adjusted, you're there and Mm -hmm. it's all good. Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely you need that time and space to just reflect on where you are Mm -hmm. um, and how this is different to anything that we're we're used to Mm -hmm. because you're just taken straight out of your normal comfort zone, which is just everyday life. Mm-hmm. and thrown into a desert <laughs> in yeah. the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so I want to hear more some of the juicy details, like, you know, like what's what are some of the experiences that you had out there that just were really striking to you or unusual or transformational? Um, I th- 
it'd definitely be the people that I've met. Mm-hmm. Um, being from like a city background and um, London, London, yeah, mm-hmm. London town, mm-hmm. um, and just being able to just talk to so many people and just how easy it is. You can just chat to anyone and about anything. You can, you know, um, and it's so refreshing just to be able to do that and no one's really on their phone or like distracting themselves they're just there to be spoken to and you can just have amazing conversations with hundreds of people like countless Mm -hmm. Uh, it's kind of a struggle to remember everyone's names Mm -hmm. Um, and what's really nice is that and sometimes it's quite transformative is that those people are all over the world but a lot of them are actually from England. I met a lot of people really? from back home hmm. um, that I'm still in touch with, and and cool. that was just so strange because were they traveling here uh, just for that, or do they live in the United States? Are they people that you can connect with when you go back to England? Yeah, they're yeah, people yeah. that came just for Burning Man, and that I just so happened to meet um, because me and Benjamin are in separate camps, but together, um, and that, so people. Are travel to set up these camps and do talks and things like that and uh yeah i just got in touch with them um and they're back home already mm-hmm. just you know waiting to mm. chat with and um talk about burning man all over again mm-hmm. so you get to relive it again um that keeps popping up just reliving burning man does england have its own subculture of this type uh it might do i'm not really does, like connected yeah. into that those circles so much yeah but yeah definitely there'll be there's there. definitely like a well-known underground especially like like electronic music oh yeah in England. it's like definitely out there drum and bass <laughs> yeah and, i mean so so many of the electronic music trends start in england and germany mm. and yeah come out from there. there's a lot of creativity on that level but mm. yeah i'm curious about the the culture too and mm. Benjamin, you've traveled there mm-hmm. several times, right? Mm-hmm. And did you drop into that scene there? I did, yeah, I had a great time. Um, I've been going to England since a little boy, and it wasn't until um, I was uh, 21 or 22, 23, that I decided to kind of make my own circle of friends and get to explore um, what England had to offer um, in terms of festival culture. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to Thailand um, and I met some really amazing people in Koh Yang at this uh, well-known um, expat kind of place called The Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. I've been there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really great place to meet world travelers and <clears throat> met some um, great people there. And when I went to London to visit family, I reached out and I was just, adopted into this really sweet crew of people who were living in a lot of them were living in this warehouse and it was just an artist collective Hmm. um, with uh, performers and artists and actors and um, a really good friend of mine named Danny Evans she um, was a producer of a um, project called um, One Taste not to be confused with the um, the Orgasmic, orgasmic meditation. meditation one taste this is um a uh, platform for poetry and music and up-and-coming like artists to just have like this 
um, kind of open mic space, mm -hmm. um, but they do it in like a really good organized way and bring that to festivals. And um, I went to like three or four festivals in the summer. One was called Buddha Fields that I really enjoyed. It was a smaller festival, about three to 5,000 people, and there was an emphasis on no alcohol, which is mm. pretty rare for England because uh -huh. um, the English, they work hard and they party hard. Um, and that was troubling for me to see how much um, just shit-faced people were getting, like really, really drunk and really high on things like nitrous and, mm. and like other kinds of drugs that um, were party drugs. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a bit offsetting for me. I'm a bit sad to see just piles of these like nitrous cartridges on the floor. And right. um, the trash left behind was just more than I was used to. Yeah. Um, but I did go to a festival like Buddha Fields in England down in Devon and it had that transformational feeling where there's people really connecting and um, there's a, this amazing ecstatic dance um, that was led by this woman named Jules. And it was probably actually one of the most powerful um, ecstatic dance um, or guided dance experiences where she was doing this gender alchemy where she had all the men come into the circle on the outside and all the women come on to the inside and the men witnessing women being together dancing and um and the women knowing that they're being witnessed by men mm -hmm. and um and then after that switched it to the men to be in the center and the women holding space on the outside and it was really powerful and beautiful and mm. you get in touch with those aspects of like men being together and like ah like kind of this primal energy primal. and then you know that these gorgeous women are just like watching you and so after doing both of those, she invited men and women to come together. And after doing those two separations of the genders and then coming together, there was just this beautiful, more explorative, more open to seeing each other in this way of like, yeah, like you're amazing or, mm. you know, so that I experienced that in England. Um, and there's a big healing camp with lots of healers and massage therapists. And I kind of participated in some of that, um, sharing some, some body work. Um, so yeah, there, there's definitely festival culture in England. I don't know it super well, but it is there. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, th I'm sure it's just growing and thriving more and more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been to a fair few festivals back home. Um, countless uh and i've also been to some in europe as well i've actually just come back from one in spain um and yeah we've got a, a huge mixture of festivals back home but i've i've not experienced one like burning man back home not yet mm -hmm. i've not found it um i'm in pretty the sure quality or the scale the scale we also we, we're kind of lacking the desert kind of front as well yeah. <laughs> it's a bit too green um, I mean, what's so amazing about Burning Man, it's not just like a festival. It is literally a city. Yeah. With functions of a city. You have a DMV, Department of Mutant Vehicles, where mm -hmm. there's hundreds of art cars, dragons and 
jaguars and jellyfish and pirate ships and giant spouting out flames from the mouth and just massive sound systems and like in the beginning of the festival you just see this line of like like a hundred art cars waiting in line to register their cars Mm -hmm. Um, you have um, there's basically well there's the rangers mm -hmm. which are sort of not a police force but they're um, security security yeah definitely and but they're not authoritarian they're just like looking out you know they're just they're just they can be if you're well of course you're doing something not kosher but they're not there to like bust you right they're there to keep the peace they're there to like keep things right in line and in order and keep Mm -hmm. the vibes good yeah, and and I think a big part of it is to secure the the border to make sure people aren't like sneaking in, right? Because that's like um, a Jedi mission for some people who try yeah. to, right. to do that. Then you you have actual law enforcement present too, and that's right. I think a big difference um, over the years of Burning Man. Yeah, because Burning Man started, I think, over twenty five thirty years ago with this guy Larry Harvey who just passed away this year. Right. So it's really, this is a big significant year for Burning Man because the founder of this festival has passed away. And so there's kind of a rite of passage or an, um, a next generation to come around. I'm curious how Burning Man, you know, sometimes things really fall apart when those founders um, pass away, you know? Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how Burning Man continues its legacy without the founder alive. Yeah, and also there's a woman um, at the temple. So, for people who aren't familiar with Burning Man, there it's in the sh- it's in the city is formed as a giant clock, and um, every all the all there's a, a main part of the city where the people have their theme camps and they live in these camps and this two to ten o'clock um, part of uh, the city, and then in the center of that clock is the man. And then that's at like a six, six o'clock to 12 o'clock time at the 12 o'clock you have the temple and Saturday night is the big, you know, burn of the man. It's this unending fireworks show. It's like the best fireworks show you've ever seen in your entire life. It just, and the man, I mean, people are probably familiar with the burning man with that, that symbol, but every year they build a structure Mm -hmm. that there's always the man in some form, but they'll build him in some giant structure and it's like very artistic and beautiful um mm-hmm. it, and there's a unique design every yeah. year mm-hmm. and then yeah when they burn the man they set that structure on fire yeah they burn it to the ground yeah and everyone comes and watches like 50,000 70,000 people yeah. all around it watching this thing burn down yeah it's, it's the cool. it's the climax of the festival mm-hmm. and this year was uh, it was iRobot wasn't yeah. it mm-hmm. that was and the theme when the the man was burning all of the art installations around it they're all made of metal and they just didn't go away they were just standing there as Mm. it was going up it was just yeah it was like this terminator kind of thing where like the flames are engulfed but you still have the standing steel robot that's just not burning crazy and there's a whole ring of these different robot sculptures um around the man Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really sounds like semi-apocalyptic. Oh, oh really yeah, striking. Yeah, 
image. Definitely. And you can mm. feel the heat as well. We were From far away. Yeah, there were like these big mm. like clouds of, of just fire. Yeah. And we were like in the middle, weren't we? We weren't like, right at the six o'clock yeah. mark, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we could yeah. still feel the heat mm-hmm. from the fire. Mm-hmm. So like nothing else I've I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Biggest bonfire ever, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about the temple too, because mm-hmm. that's definitely a big part of Burning Man. Yeah. Most people know about the man, but the temple is another structure that is also it's there every year. It has a particular spot like on the sort of layout of the city, like right. you said. Mm-hmm. And it's really like it, it is like a temple. It's in it's different every mm-hmm. year and mm-hmm. people people design it like I I imagine architects like you know there's professional design elements in it i mean they're really well done and well constructed beautiful pieces of art Mm -hmm. but the temple is more of the spiritual center of Mm -hmm. burning man Mm -hmm. and people it's a place for reflection and over the years it has come to be a place where people mourn those that they've lost over the year and you go in the temple and there's there's often like shrines that people have brought and built within the temple complex to somebody that they've lost or there's photographs and or and there's like sharpies all over for people to write messages on the walls and it's an experience just to walk through there and just see the heartfelt outpourings and offerings to people that were really loved that are now gone mm-hmm. and there's often people like m- just having their moment in there and mourning or crying and yeah it can be somber in the temple at times or there's a palpable energy there mm-hmm. that's very deep and can feel intense mm-hmm. but it's not always like that. It can be like that. Like mm-hmm. many times throughout the week, I'll just go into the temple and just see what's going on in there. And it's always powerful in there, but it's sometimes it's like, yeah, there's people playing music and it's more, I would say more of an intentional space. Like people are mindful that mm-hmm. they're in like a a a place that has meaning and they're generally respectful of that and it's a sanctuary too because the city is just so um just going off all the time 24 7 just massive party sound systems and the temple has this yeah it has this sanctuary feeling where you can rest you can sit you can contemplate you can just Mm -hmm. be without um being subjected to that massive party that's always happening so what did the temple look like this year it was like this um kind of funnel it was very simple it had like a spiral kind of funnel coming to the center so um we missed uh the burning of it uh the first part of it we got to the ladder it was actually the latest i've ever arrived to the temple burn Mm -hmm. Um, but i saw a video of it and the way that it's formed, it just creates this incredible central column of flames just mm. shooting right through the center out to the top. 
And that's one of the cool things too about how these structures are designed. They're not only designed to be beautiful and functional throughout the week, but they're also designed to burn. Mm -hmm. They're designed to be burned and to burn in a certain way. And many times like there's, it'll burn in layers. So you have this sort of like outer decorative wood that will just like burn hot and fast and then fall off. And then you have um, like a sort of the medium structure and then you have the core structure and these layers can burn and fall away. Sometimes the structure is designed to, um, to collapse in a mm-hmm. certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've seen, yeah, temples, they're designed to, when they finally give way, they just like spiral in, like Mm -hmm. imagine like a um, perimeter kind of structure of the thing and it just twists and like falls in on itself. Just really beautiful. Mm -hmm. There's the amount of thought and energy people have put into not just the structure, but actually the way that it goes down. Totally. Months, years of planning. Mm -hmm. This, uh, I heard that the creator of this temple is a new designer. Um, so it did open late, um, later than it oh. was meant to. Uh-huh. Um, and it was definitely more s- uh, simple um, that, than previous temples. Previ- um, some previous temples are quite complex. And complex and huge, uh, tall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing about when the temple was burning is that i heard that because of the way it was designed it's actually a lot like your crystal lamps here mm-hmm. um it it was designed to like swirl and it encouraged like this mini like dust storm next to it mm. to spin parallel so as the the temple was burning you had this like dust storm just um, oh, like dust up. tornadoes mm-hmm. like yeah of smoke and dust and yeah mm-hmm. it was just something else mm-hmm. and you just didn't expect it and it's just beautiful mm-hmm. to have that because it's like a perfect like synchronicity of of how nature was involved in it as well mm-hmm. um, a lot of people see those as spirits being um, released sure. from the temple mm-hmm. um, there's so much meaning that's poured into that that structure oh yeah the week. i mean people Incredible. wait all year years to release their cords their attachments to the loved ones um and they their pictures are there their stories are there and so that's a way for people to let go and to say okay like i've, I've made my amends and i release you and there's a lot of wayward spirits out there that stick around and can't actually go into the light until people um still alive like do that work to let them go so mm-hmm. that actually on a spiritual plane um is happening at, uh, at that temple on that burn mm-hmm. 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 and you see it like you you can see you can feel the spirits being released mm. through these spirals of smoke and wind and I've, I've in the past years that i've gone there was one particular year that it was just unbelievable, just wild seeing like these spirits coming off of the temple as, as it was burning. And you, you knew that everyone could see that it was an amazing, this is unspoken kind of recognition of like that paranormal um, observation. Mm. Yeah. And the experience 
too of watching the temple burn is it's silent. made even more powerful because of how silent there's oh, yeah. tens of thousands of people there gathered to watch the structure burn and mm-hmm. nobody is making a peep and mm-hmm. it's just that in itself is just a surreal experience to be there with all of these people watching this thing happen yeah. and i mean o- you know almost everyone who's watching it has spent some time at the temple mm-hmm. there over the week i imagine and it means something to most of those people yeah. and so everyone's just having their moment and there's a shared moment there mm-hmm. and i remember the first time i watched it i was really struck by that i was like i've never i've never had this experience of mm-hmm. really like a shared focal point with this many people it's such like a sentimental silence. way too it's very bonding and a lot of people leave and i think it's really sad yeah a lot of people leave right after the saturday like they oh the temple for burn the temple man burn. i'm not gonna stick around for that and that's right. you can there's to a me, big difference the in the part. people right there's a big difference of um burning man attendees who leave you know before the temple burns and yeah some people have to go because they've got important things going on in their life but for the most part if you're going to go to burning man stay for the temple burn it's a way to really encapsulate and to bring closure in a really beautiful way Mm -hmm. to that experience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah that's perhaps a good segue just to talk about the the different types of people that come to burning man because i think from the outside burning man has a reputation of just being a big party in the desert and like burning man is like a bunch of people in the desert doing drugs and that's all that it is that's <laughs> it ha- it has that reputation and i remember um when i first started going people were like oh you go to burning man that's just like a big party in the desert with drugs <laughs> and i would try to explain to people like that does happen there but that's not all that it is mm-hmm. but um there definitely there's a contingent of burning man participants that are there for that mm-hmm. and they're not there for spiritual reasons. Like they are there to party Mm -hmm. and they party hard. Mm -hmm. And, um, a lot of like, I used to stay up for them. That is their spirituality, you know, is to just like let loose completely. And that's how their spirit walk works. It's maybe not the most sustainable or healthy one or even, uh, I think you give them too much credit. (laughs) I think there's, well, I I just, I I just want to like not separate, that like spiritual um between just life because no matter whether we choose it or not this life is a spiritual experience because we are spirit and some people um are you know abusing substances to kind of get away from the their life that that is just mundane or too hard Mm. and so that's that's how they cope you know and that's their spiritual progress and that can lead them to a point to awaken to, Oh, actually this is debilitating me. Mm. And now I'm like having to do like some serious work. Mm -hmm. Um, or, or, or it's like, you know, these like really intense peak experiences that, that have like a really profound effect on people. And so that's just what I wanted to bring out was Mm -hmm. like they're there, whether, whether they're consciously, choosing that or thinking of it that way or conceiving right. of it that way that that's just the yeah. that's the path or that's 
the choices that they're making. Yeah. yeah. But there is a huge difference between people who are just there to like rage and they don't have um, the intention or the consciousness around mm, something more than that, something more than the party. Mm. Yeah. There's um there's a moment every morning that, like the changing of the guard where uh, some people are waking up with the sun, the sunrise and uh, waking up fresh and, you know, like having breakfast and and starting to stretch. Mm. And then there's the people who've been out all night that look like the walking dead <laughs> that like they've been up all night <laughs> doing MDMA and partying and raging and they're just look thrashed and they're walking it there's there's that um overlap before like when some people get up and right before other people go to sleep where they're like walking amongst each other mm-hmm. and there's definitely like a night scene and a day scene and yeah. uh, you can try and do as much of it as you can but yeah. obviously we have our limits and we have to sleep at some point i will say though i didn't really see um too many people who weren't um in their could contain themselves there's only a few people that i was like oh man they're like really drunk or they're really fucked up and just not able to hold themselves Hmm. so that was actually great it was good to see I, i i saw just so many people um having fun yeah you know and really playing with themes of uh just wildness and silliness just Mm -hmm. being silly Mm -hmm. and bringing that and also a lot of just um bringing the taboo of sexuality into this forefront of um playfulness and just how like if you look through the booklet everything that's offered has this kind of sexual innuendo and in this very hilarious kind of um, wording and it's just funny Mm. yeah like what oh man um i wish i had the book i do have the book in the car i can't even sure but just that playful spirit yeah just like there is a very like liberated sense of sexuality at burning man and yeah and that i think that's a big focus of it actually yeah is to bring the taboo of sexuality into like no this is this is like health humanity healthy and natural and Mm -hmm. yeah like it's it's ever uh, yeah we are we're sexual beings and yeah it does it does feel good to be in a culture and an environment it's super refreshing to be in an environment where that's sexually liberated when like i feel like our culture American culture or even just Western European culture is very sexually repressive. And that's not something I necessarily realized growing up or it's, it wasn't readily apparent. Like I think of our societies as generally pretty free, Mm -hmm. but certain, certain attitudes I feel like were, are really, yeah, like there's an undercurrent of repression. Yeah. It's very twisted. It's like we're hyper, sexualized for our you know um marketing right mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know sex sells but oh, yeah, it's in actuality if you like are sexually liberated you are shamed right and you're a slut or you're a player or 
whatever. So it's like, you know. And it's such <clears throat> kind of, it's it's a thing that people, like it is so public and so sex is everywhere and yeah, sexual imagery is everywhere and um, pornography is massively consumed. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah, sexuality is like, I don't know. It's more of kind of like a private thing and the the way that people talk about it. And mm-hmm. there is, there is like an undercurrent of shame around like people's personal expression or mm-hmm. experience of sexuality. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it feels really good to be in an environment where that just gets peeled away. And it's yeah. just like, yeah, like mm-hmm. sex is fun and ex- exploration of our sexuality and our interests or fantasies and, mm-hmm. and Burning Man is interesting. It's there because there is, there is like a hypersexualization present at Burning Man too. Mm -hmm. Um, Almost semi reactionary to the, it feels good. There's, there's this aspect of sexuality there. That's like breaking out of the repression Mm -hmm. and yeah, make, making it okay to, to kind of talk about and explore. Mm -hmm. Right. But there also is like a, a deeper kind of more balanced sexuality present mm-hmm. as well. Like this full spectrum, you know. Yeah, and there there's definitely a lot of people in theme camps um, focused on the importance of consent mm-hmm. and um, how to be uh, approach this in a healthy, appropriate way. Um, because without that, there's a lot of dysfunction. Um, in our society around exploring exploring sexuality so mm-hmm. we had amazing f- um like leaflets and flyers around just really really light laying out different elements of consensual contact between humans men and women or women and women, whoever what the gender is but in sexual connection is it sober is it it does it have excitement um, is there a mutual um, agreement to it? If if none of those are present, then it's not consensual. Mm-hmm. And I think the sober thing is really important, actually, in, in festival culture, because a lot of people do take um, substances, and in those states, they become more open and then can have an experience that maybe um, when they're not, on those substances they look back on and they're like oh i actually didn't wouldn't have done that and mm-hmm. i think that's a tricky really tricky place um um to acknowledge um a lot of people don't want to like acknowledge that uh, aspect of of how people um consciously or even unconsciously use substances to you know inhibit or not be inhibited mm-hmm. so um, yeah, consent is a huge, huge part that I saw in my Burning Man experience where there's lots of um, lectures and talks and workshops and um, just awareness around consent around. Sure. Yeah. There. I mean, I've heard people say that I've heard people claim that if you're not sober, you're not capable of giving full consent and curious what you think i don't necessarily agree with that Mm -hmm. like i get the perspective yeah but i think that's i mean 
you know, it's kind of a blanket statement to just say like, oh, if you are not sober, you're incapable of giving your right. consent because yeah, you're altered. It's, it's a gray, it's a gray area. For I sure. mean, I, I do get the perspective and what they're going for. And mm-hmm. I also think like, you know, it's my choice to take a substance or not. Mm-hmm. And it's my responsibility. Like if I'm altered, I mean, let's say I go to a bar and I get really drunk mm-hmm. and I get in a fight. Mm-hmm. Am I held responsible for my actions? Yes, mm-hmm. because you know nobody made me drink. No, you know I made the choice to get that intoxicated, mm-hmm. and in the, that altered state, I maybe was more aggressive and got in right. a fight, or I did, or whatever. I did something, but we're held responsible for that for yeah. our actions, even in an altered state, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I think there there is a that aspect. There's an aspect of personal responsibility there of um, mm-hmm. knowing your limits, be it with alcohol or other substances. Mm-hmm. And I think it gets tricky with drugs because many people are not as familiar with how is this drug going to affect me? Um, how is it going to affect my decision making? Yeah, and especially in a festival or party environment sometimes people yeah just go a little bit stronger than maybe they they get into territory that they didn't mean to yeah or didn't know that they were signing up for by taking mm-hmm. this thing or by mm-hmm. taking this quantity of this thing yeah i would just say it's much better to build a relationship with someone first and know that person and really develop that connection prior to taking any substance where you can build that sense of connection and trust and um, knowing that there's something um, that's not being altered. Mm -hmm. Um, That is definitely the best and the appropriate way to um, have a sexual connection with somebody Mm -hmm. because there are people that um, will manipulate um, people and offer things knowing that it will kind of open doors that people mm-hmm. necessarily wouldn't open uh, right. if if not, you know. Would you say, what substances would you say, like, is that more of like an MDMA thing, kind of like opens people emotionally? Yeah, there's lots of them. There's, there's MDMA, there's GHB, which is also known as like a date rape drug. Um, and is, is used, I think, more um, in, in very dose um, specific and I've never taken it, but I know people that do. And um, It's euphoric at lower doses, and mm-hmm. at higher doses, it makes you pass out hard, where you can, yeah, you'll be completely you can out. shake somebody vigorously, and they're out, they're like, out. and they won't remember anything. Yeah, or, I, I've never... But people take it recreationally. I've never been around that situation, but it, that, yeah, that's what it does. I've, I have, not in... <laughs> not somebody who was like drugged, but somebody who was taking it recreationally for the euphoric effects, mm-hmm, but um, mm-hmm. they did a little bit too much. Yeah. And it is very dose sensitive. Like right. the amount from where you're having a good time to where you fall. And when you fall asleep on it, I mean, it, it you're not in danger. Like you just, unless you're around dangerous people, but like mm-hmm. internally, it's mm-hmm. not like you need to go to the hospital. If you're, you just, sleep and then you wake up and right. you're fine 
as long as like you're around safe people. But I've been around somebody who they took a little bit too much and they started getting drowsy and Mm -hmm. they fell asleep and Mm -hmm. they were out cold, Mm -hmm. you know, like could not stir them at all. Not even like just shaking them. You know, somebody's really, really asleep. They'll be like, uh, like not even any of that. Just like, like a dead body, like passed out. It was kind of scary. Yeah, it's scary. But no bueno. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, Mm. I want to ask you about your experience of returning to the playa Mm -hmm. after five years. Mm -hmm. And I want to give a little background too of like, my experience with Burning Man. So I, my first year was in 2008 and I went six out of the next seven years. Mm. So I went three years in a row mm-hmm. and I took a year off cause I was in Thailand mm-hmm. and I didn't want to come back for mm-hmm. Burning Man. I was like, I'm out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I came back for another three years, but I stopped going because well, even at my first year, 2008, I mean, Burning Man had been going on for nearly 20 years already. Mm-hmm. And it was very underground. Like most people hadn't heard of it at that point. Mm. And, but even then on my first year, people were saying Burning Man isn't what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Like Burning Man has like fallen off from the good days. And totally. I was like, well, I don't know. I wasn't there for that time, but this is pretty good right now. (laughs) I'm enjoying myself. Mm -hmm. But um, I I noticed in my experience year to year that as Burning Man got more popular and more well-known, and in particular, this notion that Burning Man was just a big party in the desert where people do drugs, Mm -hmm. it had that, like, that was definitely what people thought of it as. And it started to draw in people who wanted that experience. Mm. And people were like, oh, like I heard there's this big party in the desert where people do drugs. Let's go do that. And it started to draw in a larger contingent of those people who weren't necessarily there for, because there's this whole sort of code. There's like, what are they called? The 10 they called the 10 commandments or the 10 principles, 10 10 principles. Mm. Yeah. And like, do you know what they are? Leave no Uh, trace. Radical Mm -hmm. self-expression, radical Mm self-reliance. I've not had to remember them for a week. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But basically there are these guidelines about how to care for yourself and how to care for others. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's no money out there. Like you can't buy anything. It's a gift gifting economy. Well, you can, it's, but it's well, co- center coffee camp. and ice. Yeah. Basically. Center camp is where you, the only place that you can use money, but it's, there's, there isn't, there isn't like financial transaction that happens there essentially. Yeah. Um, but anyway, there's this whole thing that burning man is besides the party in the desert mm-hmm. that I felt like there was this growing contingent of the populace that were showing up that they weren't really interested in that. Like they were there to party and get fucked up. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there were just more and more of those like zombie walking dead types. And at night it would get crazy. Like mm-hmm. there were just so many people drugged up and fucked up and there was more alcohol mm. and less psychedelics. There was more, yeah, nitrous and, mm. and 
ketamine and just sort of mm-hmm. like yeah different different more narcotic type drugs mm. and they're they're the the pocket of like the really really good stuff i felt like was shrinking and um I noticed that the larger community, there was kind of like a pulling back from Burning Man. And there were these these big camps that people would work on all year um, for free and at, actually at expense to them in time and resources. And they'd all bring these incredible camps together with like professional sound systems and set up this like these amazing lineups of top electronic music performers that you would pay to see that they're playing for free and you, you know it's just at this camp they're hosting it and you just go to this party and mm-hmm. like polish ambassadors playing followed by Kali Santilla, followed by whoever and there's just these amazing music lineups and mm-hmm. uh, these camps just i noticed that the culture of burning man started to shift and become more indulgent and those like intentional camps and intentional pockets they just started to withdraw for time and Mm. i always had a sense that there yeah that like there's this phase that we're in where burning man's really popular all these newcomers are going to come in and just they're going to have their like their burning man experience where they go out to the desert and do drugs and it's going to blow over and then maybe like we'll come we'll all come back at some point Hmm. and so my the last year i went was um 2014 i think or 2013 but i noticed that this year like within the last month a lot of people on facebook were like i'm going to burning man this year i'm trying to find my ticket and more this year than any of the kind of like last previous years, there was this big turn back towards Burning Man, mm-hmm. at least in the friends that I know from mm-hmm. the festival community and things like that. And mm-hmm. I imagine it has something to do with the founder passing away. And, but I don't know, like, um, so I'm curious how, like in your perception, how have things changed? Do, do you agree with my perception of how Burning Man was starting to turn towards the dark side? I felt like, um, um, and no, not not necessarily. I I think that it's all there. Sure. And um, there's, um, from what I know, Burning Man has grown into this huge party um, where there's a lot more now people who are just there to. Uh, receive the creativity of others and the whole premise of Burning Man is that uh, you go there not to receive but to participate and to be an acting um, like member of that to art- artist collective it's and not so a participation sport was like one of the things it's right. like you're like or sorry it's not a it's, um, it's not a, not a spectator, spectator sport. sport right and you're here to participate yeah Come to participate. and so I this year I was invited and one of the main reasons I went was because I was invited to be um, on kitchen staff for a theme camp called ID8 and they had a whole speaker series with um, people who worked for Google, people who are working for Apple and tech companies and also um, really thinking about bigger picture 
um, themes of the problems of the world right now and how to solve them and how to use technology for sustainability and for ecological kinds of things. Um, so there was a panel speaking about future cities and what better example than Burning Man as a city to look at as like this clockwork of um, creativity. Um, so that's what brought me back to the playa was um, an opportunity not to pay $1,200 for a ticket. And um, is that how much? It so, yeah, the first tickets that came out because um, there's a lottery system, but the first tickets that came out were actual guaranteed tickets for $1,200. You, you, you paid that you were guaranteed a ticket. And then there was a lottery after that, the face value, I think were like 425. Okay. Um, some people say that 1200 also helps like create the ceiling for scalpers. Like, mm. and, um, so like when you're trying to find a ticket, you know, anything beyond 1200, you know, is just that helps keep the, the cap onto it. Um, but I, I know that there's been these theme camps that bring a lot of consciousness as well. Um, specifically to me is red lightning mm -hmm. and sacred spaces mm -hmm. and um, the nectar village that had like heebie jeebies right. and the shaman dome. And like, they're still going, uh, well, the heebie jeebies and nectar village. And this year there was a camp called um, our village called Anahasana. And they were holding that kind of sacred spaces kind of vibe mm -hmm. where you could feel the healing and the intention that was there. And there, it was a, like a compound of domes, geodesic domes that had the central kind of dance floor space. <clears throat> and they were having all kinds of workshops about um, uh, There was one on perspective, wasn't there? How people um, they showed you how people perceive you and how you can mold that and how you see a reflection of yourself through other people. Mm -hmm. we, we, we kind of gutting, really. We missed that one, didn't we? Because mm -hmm. it was so full. It was really popular. Mm -hmm. People yeah. loved it there. Um, mm -hmm. there was, it was always buzzing, and yeah. the, the domes were always full. And it, it seemed to be this street, Electro, which was E Street. Mm -hmm. um, There's this whole area of around like 4 o'clock to like, nine o'clock ten o'clock e that had all these really high vibe kind of camps and, and nice. things that were happening and we were at 545 and j which is like pretty much in the suburbs you're looking at the entrance line into the playa but um we were camped next to heart tribe who is this beautiful collaboration of friends who just decided to have a really yummy space of cuddling and really good food and like just being together in a healthy, f supportive way. Um, but yeah, so for me, it's been about a five year absence going to the playa and I never really knew when I would return. And because of this opportunity and lots of close friends going and then also my cousin um, coming to the States and really wanting to show him a good time and kind of expand his experience. It was like, all right, Bernie man, mm -hmm. we got to make that happen. Um, I've definitely had the, uh, everyone's been saying the Californian experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
even though the it's Black in Nevada. Rock City yeah. experience now. Yeah. yeah. You've had an experience in California that a lot of Californians had, haven't had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've heard that a lot. I've, um, some of Benji's friends have come up to me saying, I've been here for years and you've been here like a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. You've already done more than me. You're going to Beloved and mm-hmm. Burning Man. And um, yeah, I've really just been thrown into it into the flow mm-hmm. and it's been great i don't want to swim out of it mm-hmm. um there's just been so many adventures um and it's all led up to burning man and i've not re- realized that yet it's just kind of everything fell into place to reach that pinnacle that is black rock city mm-hmm. um and yeah it's just been I can't even describe it. Just the the things that we've done and seen, and the the nature here, and the different environments of like um, going from a desert to the uh, forests in Oregon to the beaches of Oregon to where we are now. Um, it's just been incredible. Mm-hmm. Which so yeah, just going to Burning Man has been a like a a journey in itself. Mm-hmm. getting there mm-hmm. um, it's initiation mm, um, so yeah definitely full throttle mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. because of this guy right here mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. what are some like so y- and you're going home um, in like two days right yeah day after tomorrow mm-hmm. so like give us some kind of reflections on your your time here like um, both things that you are taking back with you and but also i'm i'm curious to hear your perspective on the united states um, just being here for the first time spending yeah n- six weeks an extended amount of time just what's what's your how do, how does america stand up to maybe your expectations or or just your perceptions or preconceived notions like what's yeah just give me uh well for one everything's much bigger um there's so much land and room and um even the motorways are huge Mm -hmm. um so yeah that was definitely the first thing that i noticed was just the scale of everything Mm -hmm. um because like london's got the narrow little victorian streets Mm -hmm. um but one thing that i've learned is just from the people that i've been around everyone's been so nice and um, they really, I've really learned how to like be grounded and um, just engage with people um, and just really just go with the flow. Um, um, it's that's quite a good question, really. Is uh, there's just so much that I I can't really put it into a container. It's just I've learned so much about myself um, and other people uh i've just this experience has been so educational Mm -hmm. um uh one thing that i can take home is just um just to just to be me you know and and that's one thing that i can definitely take back and just how to just embrace just um embrace and it explore really and just um take life head on mm-hmm. um and just see where it goes um 
Do you feel like there's a distinct cultural difference between here on the West Coast of the United States and England? Like, I, I've never been to England, but I've heard that um, it's just f more restrictive there just in terms of, like, self-expression or... or the, there's kind of more of like a s cultural pressure to fall in line with a certain, like it's more, um, trying to think of the word conformist. Uh, I don't know. I haven't been there, but that's, that's what I've heard. Or that's what other Brits have said that like Americans there's, um, we just have this like natural confidence to express ourselves and to just be ourselves. Um, well, I've seen a very like unique um, bubble of of California and the people that I've been hanging out with with that freedom of expression. Um, back home, uh, in the the circles that I hang out with, that's definitely there. Mm -hmm. um, and there's places in London where you that definitely resonates. There's definitely a strong correlation there. Uh, there's there's perhaps maybe an underlying of that. But I think maybe that's, I'd like to think that's starting to fade a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. But the the like my circles and people that I hang out with, there's a definitely a correlation with the people that I've been hanging out with here, mm -hmm. which has been really nice. Actually, there's been a nice overlap. Mm -hmm. um, but I think maybe, I think you might just get that anywhere. That kind of um, uniform kind of element. Um, I think that's a very urban um as like aspect of of living um like out here in the nature i think it's a lot easier to be a lot more free hmm. um and so i think in that sense maybe mm -hmm. um but i'm very fortunate that i've had that that bridge across mm -hmm. across the atlantic yeah which has been really nice um did you meet any ladies while you were here uh, I, I'm not sure. No, I don't think I have. Not yet. Mm -hmm. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Kept talking about his playa wife. When am I gonna find my playa wife? Playa wife. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gonna have to come back next year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so many beautiful women. Mm -hmm. uh, everywhere. Yeah. Beautiful people. Burning Man is known for that in particular. Just. Mm -hmm. And it's really hot, so people don't wear many clothes too. Mm -hmm. But they're very expressive, and they're yeah, flaunt, flaunt their beauty and their yeah, their sex appeal, and mm -hmm. have fun with it too, and like own it mm -hmm. in a really great way. Did you have a playa wife? Um, I definitely had a playa romance, mm -hmm. and it was really unexpected and really sweet and um, meaningful, actually. Um, in the quality of the connection mm -hmm. and it was just out with friends and then I looked to my right and uh, there was this beautiful woman who I recognized from years ago and just was like hey I met you 10 years ago um, I actually stayed at your place with my friend but you quickly left I don't even think you remember and uh, she didn't really remember mm -hmm. but I, I knew her name mm-hmm and um we just did she stand out to you at that time she must have you remembered her oh yeah later. she was like she's beautiful mm -hmm. really beautiful special spirit 
She's Filipino and Russian. She's got, definitely got a- Asian. I'm kind Filipino of, and Russian. Yeah. It's just unusual combination oh, wow. that doesn't happen very much. Yeah. Okay, go on. Yeah, interesting. Um, so, yeah, we just kind of slipped back. We couldn't hear each other. So, like, let's have a conversation and sit down. And quickly, it was like, hey, there's something to climb on. You want to go over there? Like, yeah. Uh, well, I have to check in with my friends because we've got this dolphin pod thing going on. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, we had a really beautiful evening together. Um, also interesting to still be in this journey with my ex-partner, still sharing a lot of love and time together and navigating um, that because we're still lovers at times. And so as long as we're sharing intimacy, the level of communication and checking in is um, necessary. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of um, sweet to open this new connection with her. And then as my friends were like, hey, we're all going there, let's meet up. And I wanted to invite this new person. It was um, important for me to just check in mm-hmm. right there and be like, hey, about to go meet up our friends. It includes my ex-partner who we still like really like care for each other and it's like okay and known for these connections to happen mm-hmm. um and she really appreciated it and um still had a really beautiful evening together i kind of separated from the pod they went off and i stayed back and and spent time with her and we went to this art car called the front porch and they're really good at keeping things organic so much electronic music out there and mm. they had like um this gypsy jazz violinist and i was just on the car on like yeah on the front around. porch they kind of park it and then they have this kind of front porch like jam, That's cool. like jamming and it was um it was really just it was really fun and later um as the night progressed we were right next to this art installation that um it's held up by a crane and it's this circu- circular disc and it's all LED lights and it's just creating these most like the most incredible geometry patterns like shifting from one to the next and they're playing classical music and you just sit underneath it gazing up to it and it's just the most incredible light sound show you've ever seen and so we were there um, embracing each other just at that really gorgeous time of the dawn coming Mm. up and drinking wine and Mm. just met each other and feeling all sweet and romantic and she's like she would be take these big drinks of wine and then come slowly down and just spout like this wine kiss into my (laughs) mouth filling my mouth with like the wine from her mouth and it was so sexy and (laughs) so beautiful as the sun was rising, listening to this classical music, just being blown away by this tech, like light show. Mm. It was really, really special. One of like the highlights of my, like my Burning Man experience. Mm. You know, it's always really, you want that, right? That's one of the big desires while you're at Burning Man. There's so much sexual energy, so many beautiful women and men for women or men for men, whoever, you know, what you're going to do. Um, but there's right. We have that d- burning desire to fulfill that connection mm-hmm. and um, to have that. And in like kind of a meaningful way is just 
it really makes um, the experience like more fulfilling. I think mm. a lot of people, I think, leave maybe not like not actually being able to connect, and it can be sure. frustrating because it's just at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. But there's something stopping people from being able to like fulfill that desire to connect, mm. and um, I think that's people's journey to to uh, go through. Mm-hmm. Um, some people really let loose and just have like lots of connections and lots of lovers and just like go all out and mm-hmm. just be like, whoa, dude, that, like, yeah, you're going for it. At our camp at Heart Tribe, we had a communal sex yurt hmm. um, that was an open space um, for people to um, connect sexually in like this community kind of space. So wow. yeah, it was really beautiful. I did share some, I went in there with a lover, um, my previous partner, still lover. And, um, it was really, really fun, really nice to be able to like be in that space and be with other people in that space and kind of, um, what was the vibe in there? Just like, sexy. Yeah. Yeah, and comfortable. Right. Yeah. Red red tapestries and um, foam mattresses. And uh, you bring your own sheet. And then there's like buckets of, there's like little, like, you know, can there's condoms there. There's like lotion and oils there. And mm-hmm. I didn't spend too much time in there. Some people spent a lot of time in there. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually always wanted to experience an environment like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, there's an orgy dome at mm-hmm. Burning Man, which yeah. I've never been to. It didn't really feel just the the vibe of the orgy dome wasn't quite what I was looking for. I was but always curious to go there and never made. My yeah, way to it. I was curious, but not enough to actually go in there. But I've always wanted to. Um, I actually had a dream once, like. Um, would you mind just shutting that door? It's creaking and it's, mm-hmm. uh, but I'll say this as you get up. Um, I had a dream. I was sleeping and in this dream, I was in this log cabin that, uh, a friend's cabin in Bonnie Dune. And, uh, wait, what are you doing? There's another dingling thing out there. Oh, that's fine. That's the wind chimes. So in this dream, I was in the, this friend's cabin, and it it was like late. It was probably around midnight, and there was a fire going, and there was a person just like playing the acoustic guitar, just like really softly to himself, and there was another person in another part of the room sleeping, and another person writing. It was just a very gentle, quiet space. And there was a couple that were like talking and they started like kissing and then they started to like, yeah, just started to make love, like eventually, like just slowly into making love. And, um, and all of these things were happening at once and they were all equal. And the, like the couple there, they were respectful of the sort of like vibe and the, and the quiet in their sharing with each other. Um, but like the guitarist who he was like playing to himself and then he, like we were aware, we were all aware of everything that was happening. Mm-hmm. And he started to like, 
he shifted the rhythm of his playing gently to like he like synced up with them he was like mm-hmm. playing music to them for yeah. just a moment mm-hmm. and then he just went back into just his own thing playing mm-hmm. but i w- i woke from that dream just thinking I, and it just felt really natural at the time and there wasn't this like there wasn't this all the shift of attention towards this sexual activity that was happening which I feel like could very easily happen in many situations mm-hmm. and people's maybe judgment of them doing that in a public space. It was very comfortable and it was allowed and it was appreciated, but no more like attention necessarily. There wasn't this kind of like leering sort of attention brought mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. And I awoke from that dream just thinking like, wow, I'd really love to be in a space that feels comfortable like that yeah. or even a sexual space mm-hmm. that is more more of a sexual space mm-hmm. where people are sharing and it's fun and it's playful and mm-hmm. it's sexy but it isn't like kind of indulgent or this more sort of like like darker kind of like escapist sexuality which often right. sort it's of manifests taboo secret kind of thing yeah i think it's really really beautiful healthy um thing to offer to a community actually like i mean heart tribe 150 person um camp right next to id8 it's 120 people so almost 300 people all like knowing of this space mm-hmm. and it really um opened up um this place of okayness around mm-hmm. sex and yeah. connection and not to shame it and that there's a safe space to not only have you know not only like have a lover but to share space like i mean that's a huge um threshold to go from like your own little privacy to like a shared space and it's a big breakthrough for a lot of people to um we had a 24 7 sauna steam room which was amazing on the playa and a big breakthrough for people to just be naked in front of other people. Right. And then, um, so there's these levels of comfort zone that you can just like burst through, mm-hmm. you know, at, at Burning Man. Mm-hmm. And that's what re- uh, what it's there for is to really show you your di- your like edges mm-hmm. and to see how far you can go in a, and hopefully in a healthy way, mm-hmm. um, in a way that kind of expands your sense of what you're capable of doing and therefore creating new pathways of how you see yourself and how you interact with other people. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden something that was really frightening is now something that's kind of exciting right? and fun and playful. Totally. And, um, and de-shaming your body, de-shaming all these ways that um greater society and culture has told us we should be like ashamed of right and really that's what burning man is is like just be totally whatever you want to be you don't have to you don't have to um succumb to that you know to that like just normality anymore yeah just express yourself and and there's i find too that those the way that people like orient themselves or behave in those environments make it more comfortable. Like those, the mm-hmm. types of people there, like 
Yeah. Because yeah, you're all naked together, but um, and like everyone looks, but it's not this, like, I don't know, like there's you respect, set, there you, there's respect yeah. and you settle in, and people aren't like groping or anything. Like that. Yeah, and they're not they're not like sizing each other up or like right. judging or yeah. it's it there is like a body acceptance thing yeah like no matter what you look like yeah. and there basically there's not a lot of judgment mm-hmm. and but it, it's actually it's it's one thing to be naked with strangers and there's this like um there's like these shower camps like the dr bronner's mm-hmm. shower camp is mm-hmm. a famous one and um it's called Maybe it's different than the human car wash, but in, in any case, there's this giant chamber that you all go into, like forty people or fifty people at once. Everyone's mm-hmm. naked, mm-hmm. and um, you up. there's people like up on top of this container <laughs> with like fire hoses of Dr. Bronner's <laughs> soap, and they'll be like three, two, one. They turn on this hose and they just blast people with soap, and mm-hmm. you're just like mm-hmm. in this you're just naked with 50 people washing off (laughs) but and that's certainly an experience to be had it's Mm -hmm. fun but i mean it's one thing to be naked with strangers but then another thing to be (laughs) naked with like maybe a friend that you've hung out with like a half dozen or a dozen times or more somebody that you've known for a while never been naked with Mm -hmm. man woman whatever and then Mm -hmm. just all in a steam room and just you're just still hanging out like you always did, mm-hmm. but you're naked yeah. and it's not really as it doesn't have to be a, a thing. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. It's, and it's often not a big deal. Mm. It's just like, yeah, it is until it's not. You yeah. Know, exactly. There's that breakthrough for me. I was 21 or something. I went to Harbin hot springs with my family and uh, they had no idea that it was like a, like a nudist like place. Yeah. They're like, oh, we're just going to go to these hot springs. It'll be a great family trip. I was with my mom, my stepdad, and my sister. And we arrived, and, like, everyone was naked, and except for my family. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there, and I was like, you know what? F- fuck it. I'm, I'm going to do – I'm going to just take – I'm just going to be free to do that. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think, a, that was a big shift for me to accept – uh myself that way Mm. and um so yeah hot springs go to them enjoy them they Mm -hmm. really teach you to like really enjoy the water and how to be comfortable in your body with other all kinds of bodies and yeah it's it's really really i think uh, a healthy thing to do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my first time being naked in public was at uh, symbiosis in 2009 Mm -hmm. which is well known as being like one of the most epic festivals. The, 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 um, Boy Scout camp with the lake. I think it was in Yosemite, right? Wasn't it? Or near there. Camp Navarro, I think. No, that's up in Mendocino, Camp Navarro. Oh, right. Yeah. But it was this one place in Yosemite and there was only that one year because it was epic. There was like, I mean, we treated the land respectfully, but still there was just a lot of cars, a lot of people came mm-hmm. in and there was an environmental impact. So there yeah. was just this one year, but it, I mean, so many festivals are in the desert. Burning Man's always in the desert, but a lot of other ones are in dry areas. <clears throat> but this one it was in the forest mm-hmm. and w- there were these sound stages in the middle of the forest 
and the trees kind of made this like really nice acoustic sound container and the lasers would just like glance off all of the leaves and tree branches and there was also a lake and a lake stage with like bumping music mm -hmm. pool and party <laughs> pool party but there was this like floating platform out on the lake that you had to swim at least like a minute to mm -hmm. get to it it wasn't that far but yeah. it was out there and um yeah there was just like 20 naked people on there and i just had this feeling i was like i'm just gonna i'm gonna go for it like mm. be naked for my first time and take off my clothes and swim over there so mm -hmm. i did mm -hmm. and as i'm swimming up there i noticed that there's somebody that i know this woman that i had met at burning man just like not like maybe the year before really cute and there was kind of like a mutual attraction and i was just like okay there's somebody i know there and yeah swim up and get on and she's naked i'm naked and we're talking we look at each other you know mm -hmm. but then just keep talking and there were these um three other like really beautiful canadian women from um uh british columbia from bc and i don't know it just it was that opportunity to drop into like normalcy and just feel feel kind of like really exposed and vulnerable and feel my nakedness and my feelings about it and then mm -hmm. just get past that mm -hmm. and just be hanging out with people that I'm really attracted to mm. and be naked and mm -hmm. they're naked, but also not, not like go into like a weird space about that. Mm -hmm. And also for them to be comfortable too, that was an interesting experience of just women being nude and vulnerable and, unashamed and not like there because i think one of the manifestations of sexual repression in our culture is that like there's this sort of like inaccessibility of women where because there's such a sexual aggressiveness to our culture that women don't feel safe and women kind of like close off their sexual energy generally um and they're kind of more contained or closed in public. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the really beautiful things about Burning Man and other places is that women, like the actual culture and environment is safer, I feel, to mm -hmm. be more expressive. Mm -hmm. And women feel safer to be sexy or to be topless. And um, there's, there is more of a culture of respect, not completely and totally, like, but I would say much more than in typical culture mm -hmm. and it, and it's nice to, it creates more of a, actually a flow of sexual energy rather than these sort of like obstacles and this frustration. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, anything else that, uh, you guys want to share before we close? I think we pretty much covered everything. We, we did well. Yeah. yeah. Mm. well thank you guys for mm -hmm. coming on the show yeah, and you sharing thank your you. experiences and wish you the best Simon and your travels back home and thank you so much reintegration back <laughs> into I'm sure yeah it just it sounds like you've had a powerful experience here that you know perhaps you'll reflect on for a while yeah definitely a lot to take back um difficult to describe it's so profound mm. um 
and yeah just being here has been totally life-changing mm-hmm. um definitely for the better and i'll come back uh different but the same yeah i like to remind myself and to remind others of the the beauty of this country mm-hmm. and i think america is in a dark time politically right now and there's just there's a lot of there's a lot of tension there's a lot of a dark side of our culture and society and politics and economy, all kinds of things being exposed and it deserves attention. But I think it's also important to remember how beautiful this country is and how beautiful the nature is and the people are. And there really is a powerful creative element here Mm. and spirit of innovation. And um, there are tons of kind of breakthrough cutting edge things happening here Mm -hmm. in all different arenas Mm -hmm. that sometimes it can be easy to overlook or to lose gratitude for the the positive aspects Mm -hmm. when a lot of negative aspects come forth Mm -hmm. and yeah i love this country it's really Mm. it's a beautiful land and i think we still have a lot to offer the world Mm. in spite of our shortcomings Mm -hmm. and a a lot to learn of course too Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks again, guys. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I'd love to get some more feedback from you guys about the podcast. Honestly, I haven't really done much promotion at all, so I don't even know how most people have found me. Um, I've done a little bit on Instagram and just on my personal social media, but I haven't even started promoting this thing yet. But if you guys are followers of the podcast and you enjoy it, Or if there's things about it that you don't like in particular, I would love to know. I'd love to know how, what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy, uh, because I'm continually trying to improve this. And I ask my friends and everyone has positive things to say. Um, everyone seems to really like it. Um, I notice the little things about myself of just better ways I could ask questions or not say um or you know as much things like that but yeah if there if you guys have any suggestions I'd love to hear about it I'm totally open to that stuff so you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of a Psychonaut and also check out my YouTube channel too the link is in the description Um, most of these episodes have a video component the only reason that they wouldn't is if that person doesn't want to appear on camera, but that's pretty rare. So if you want to see us speak, then yeah, check out the YouTube channel. Thanks a lot.